Hello, my name is Richard Heron. And my name is Abdullah Crowey. And this is Sight on Screen. So this is a comedy-slash-film-based podcast where we discuss a new movie every week where only one of us has before seen the film. This yeah. this week I'm the lucky one. This is one of my this one was my choice, something I'd seen before, something you hadn't. No. And it's one that's been on my list for a really long time. I just never really got around to watching it. Yeah. I knew almost nothing about it, only the fact that uh our boy Daniel Craig was in it. Yeah. And it was one of his really early movies coming coming off. This well, is the, this is the one before Casino Royale. This is the one that yeah. got him the gig. To yes. put it that way, this is the one that they looked at and they're like, "Okay, this guy could be Bond." Yeah, because after Tomb Raider, they're like, "Ah." Uh. <laughs> you know what? I think everyone after Tomb Raider looked at Daniel Craig and went, "But uh. that American accent was <laughs> why that does he have so an American big. accent in that movie? They're was... in Britain. I know." And Angelina Jolie puts on the British accent. Yes, <laughs> it's like why, <laughs> and neither of them are overly convincing. <laughs> but fantastic movie, nonetheless. Certainly entertaining. It's, it's, very, entertaining. it's a very entertaining movie. I don't know nothing, if I'd go too much farther than that, but it's incredibly entertaining. Nothing beats when she sleds with the Serbian oh. huskies. <laughs> That's my favorite scene right there. She's so he's just smiling. It's a scene that comes out of completely nowhere. Yep, completely. <laughs> it's just there to just show off oh, skills. I, I I don't know. The her getting airdropped out of the ship in a car. <laughs> yes. That one, that's a, that's a strong contender. <laughs> I remember that one. Like, we're zooming in on her, like, apparently she was in the military? Because we're going in on the photo of her with the troops, and then suddenly it's her falling out of a, in a car, falling out of a plane. I don't know. It's, uh, it's, yeah. Oh my god, that movie. That tangent aside. That tangent aside. <laughs> uh, this is in honor of the new James Bond movie that's Another coming Another Time out. to Die? Or? Uh, no Time to no Die. No Time to Die. Which will be Daniel Craig's final outing, sadly. Again, that's like the third time now he said that? Yeah, he certainly true. said it. I believe that the quote after the last one is, I would rather slit my wrists than play Bond again. Yeah, that was after Spectre. But yeah. that's understandable, because Spectre was... Lackluster. Yeah, let's call it a light one. Yeah, let's call it that. I mean, uh, I mean, Skyfall is really good. I personally just adore Casino Royale. Yeah, me too. It's one I, of my f- all absolute favorite Bond movies. I mean, it's not the favorite, but it's definitely nah, I mean, my it's top a, five. I'm not sure. Sh- for me, Casino Royale is a little different because I say it's a fantastic movie. Yes, I try not to judge it as a Bond movie. I don't try and compare it to the old Bonds. It's not the same thing. It's no, a different it's a, animal. It's a completely different thing. And yeah. I, I really like the fact that they try to sort of have a cohesive story mm. this time around. Yep. At least the first three. Yeah. Because uh, I think I know Spectre tried to put all that stuff together, okay. but it was just really awkward. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you there. I will agree that it tried to have a story. If it was cohesive, is a completely different thing. <laughs> it tried. It tried so hard. Because Quantum of Solace is a direct sequel to Casino Royale. What what film was this? The second. In I'm the sorry, film. I don't know what you're talking about. All I, right. <laughs> my brain literally just watched that movie and immediately went, "This is information I don't need." Water. Oh, oh god. He's gonna sell water. Water. <laughs> I, I remember so little of that movie. 
I think uh, the only part, the, there's exactly one scene that stands out to me in that. And that was such a clear scene where people had complained that, that James Bond was a bit too chunky in Casino Royale. So now he'd slimmed down a bit and now it's like all six packy and such. Okay. He's with that, isn't, doesn't he bang us, not a secretary, but like an, a, an assistant to the embassy or something? I, I don't remember much of the movie either, oh, to be God, perfectly honest. It's, just, there's, it's all kind of coming back to me in yeah. a haze now. I watched it but sober, it has, I swear. It has, it has the female lead from the god-awful Hitman movie that came out with... She was also in Max Payne, yes. Yes. Uh, Olga Krilenko? Yes, that's the one. She's great, because she's been in three major movies I know of, and in all three of them, she is the lead romantic female, an action chick, and nobody sleeps with her. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, even in Bond, they never yeah. have sex, which is kind of odd for being a Bond movie. Same thing in Max Payne, same thing in Hitman. It's just, what is wrong with this woman we can't see? Is there something we're missing? <laughs> just uh, clearly. Sorry for her now. Yeah, I mean, we <laughs> keep it. She keep, she, every, all three of these movies, she's in a bed in a nice dress at some point, and the man looks at her and goes, nah. It's just, <laughs> it's like, what, she's gorgeous. What am I missing? What is the information you're not giving me? There's something that's not on screen. <laughs> I don't even want to know. I think I personally think she has the same problem, maybe as um, what's the name of the guy who plays Cyclops? Oh, was it, he was John, just, James Marston. James Marston, because he yeah. ends up in so many shows where his entire job is to have his wife or girlfriend leave him for someone else. Yeah, that's yeah. all that happens to this man. Yeah, and it's awesome. It's <laughs> hilarious. It's kind of like that is the most bizarre typecasting. And what did you do to piss off your agent? <laughs> Oh, you want to contact James? You want him to be the le- leading man? No, no, thank you. Oh, wait. Yeah, no, James Marston He's plays... He's cuckolded again. Same, yeah, he plays the same character time and time again, only yep. with varying degrees of anger. Varying degrees of anger and varying degrees of Sonic. <laughs> varying degrees of Sonic. Because oh, I, I, that will be for another that episode. That will be another episode. <laughs> when the next Marston movie and, comes out, And you know out, what? We'll I'm going to claim the varying degrees because Quicksilver counts as a Sonic ripoff. Uh, yeah, yeah. X Men. I'm making this continuity. Moving on. Well, which came first, <laughs> Sonic? So- yeah, no. Oh, no, I don't think so. X Men the comics. Yeah, so yes. I'm guessing I, Yeah, mm. yeah. But at least the movie adaptation very much Sonic. Oh, very, very much the Sonic. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Again, tangents aside. <laughs> no, no. Let's. You need to stop saying this because this is going to get tangenty and aside. If you keep, we don't ca- have time for this. If you just keep saying tangents aside, we're going to build a small castle of tangents. We're okay with that. We're going to construct something out of out here, like a, a modern sculpture of just tangents. Yeah, it'll be great. Oh God, <laughs> it would look wonderful. I'm like sure it, it would. It will look like a layer cake. Yes. Oh, very, very smooth. So, to actually get a little bit on track here, yeah, let's give the basic... I'm, I'm, do I want to say... Do I want to call it the plot? The plot is... Okay, here... Okay, I'm gonna... Here's the thing. In film parlance, there are two things. There is plot, and then there's narrative. Narrative is what happens in terms of a person does this and a person does that. Plot is how you make it into the movie, Sure. It's how when you're like you're intercutting between different stories or you have different timelines and all that stuff. That's plot. Sure. Narrative wise, we have Daniel Craig, who is a drug dealer. Essentially, a cocaine. Drug he dealer, is a cocaine drug dealer, middle rung, let's say. 
Yeah, he's like definitely middle management. Kind yeah, of he's running level. his own little operation. Yeah, he has a distro. That's the lingo. You know. Oh yeah. He had... <laughs> Why do you know this? <laughs> moving I've, on. Moving I've on. I've watched on. too many series. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. So no. So so he he gets he gets a supply from some supplier, and yeah. he basically breaks up the the amounts and then distributes it to the other dealers that are going to be dealing directly to. The yeah. customers. So I think he, at one point he even says, I deal by the kilo. Yeah. So and he that has... is the definition of a distro. Exactly. So he <laughs> has his own little crew, and um, let's just run through them here. I have to, I'm, I tried to know actors, but I'll be honest, there's a fairly decent-sized cast on this one, so I kind of need to look it up a little bit. Well, he has two main he buddies. Has, he has two, no, three. So you uh-huh. have George Harris, who's playing a guy called Morty, who has an assistant... Um, who? What is it? Uh, ah, called Te- called Terry, who is playing by Tamir Hassan. Yeah, and he also has Clarky, who is being played by Tom Hardy, which Tom Hardy. is one of his bigger roles besides Star Trek. Yes, and that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> we know not Tom Hardy. Well, he's not done anything big. I mean. <laughs> No, I mean not, not past Star Trek. <laughs> no, no, but I'm, uh, yes, but you can definitely when you watch the movie and you see Tom Hardy in the role, you can start seeing typical Tom Hardy. Oh yeah, I mean we're this is kind of right in the beginning of Tom Hardy making it as a actor's actor. Yeah, not just a pretty boy actor because he did Star Trek before. He, yes, Nemesis. 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 That's the one. And. I think this is right around also the same time, a little bit later, he did Rock and Roll. Uh, he's in other parts here and there in, like, series and films around this time. Yeah, and then then he got his big break in, I believe, Bronson first. Yeah, Bronson is... Bronson, at least, where he established himself as an actor. Yeah, and he was fantastic. Fantastic in Bronson, then, no doubt. I'm pretty sure Child 44, which is also with Daniel Craig. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that came after... Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure if that or Warrior came first, but then after that is when he got his role in uh, Batman, uh, Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, Bane, I'm trying to kind of. Yeah, I'm trying to kind of put my finger on where was his breakout in terms of like blockbuster stuff. Where where did he stop being an act, like a and, yeah. an indie actor almost and move into that territory? Yeah, or at least like. Um, not triple A movies, or, yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, like not the, not the blockbuster, but more. I don't know. Second, because he, he, he kind of made that transition quite slowly, mainly because yes. he's in stuff like this, which is kind of a nice middle ground. Because I mean, this is not a big budget film, no. but it did see a wide release. It had a really solid kind of British fan base, and uh, I'm pretty sure it did really well. Uh, Let's take a look. Whoa, actually. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I mean, considering so, what it costs to make, that's that's not a bad return on investment. It cost, they say, about four million yeah, pounds. Yeah, four million pounds to make and earned and then, in about ten. Yeah, to put it that way. And it was yeah, again, it's one of these kind of like it's a mid-level genre flick. Yeah. that sees a good release and then has a very solid uh, home video return. Mm-hmm. This is very much one of those films. Yeah, it's one of those that become like a cult classic kind of exactly. situation. So he is a drug dealer who. I don't. I don't want to really get into it too much because it is very intensely, densely storied. I mean, there's so many little things going on. Yeah, and I think the the name sort of fits the movie pretty well, and the yeah. fact that the movie starts out with a very simple 
outer layer, the yep. shell, and then you get into it, and then things start happening as you slowly drift with it into the core of the yeah. movie. So the, and uh, and yeah, and the plot sort of twists and turns quite a few, quite often. Yeah, so I mean, generally speaking, it is a drug deal gone bad kind of situation, but there's a lot of added elements to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Gambon makes an appearance as kind of a upper echelon criminal. Let's call it that. He is high class, big money. Yeah, he's like your typical uh, upper class asshole kind of. Oh yeah, no, he is a <laughs> country club uh, asshole in this. country club owning kind of kind of guy. Yeah, no, very much that. Well, no, this is the thing. He has a lifetime membership to the country club. Oh no, sorry, no, I'm talking about that. Yeah, no, Michael Gammon owns the company club. Yeah, Jimmy Price, who's being played by Kenneth Cranham, he yes. is the lifetime member kind of guy. Yeah, and he's the direct. The link in the chain above um, Daniel Craig's character. Yeah, so he's he's basically the supplier. He's the sense. supplier, yeah. and he's being assisted by Cole Meany, who I love and everything. Cole Meany, I think he started off on Star Trek um, Next Generation, and he's been in a lot. Of, he's played a really great side character in just a lot of Star Trek so many in this movies. movie. <laughs> a lot of Star Trek in this movie. But then again, you could say that about any movie because Star Trek has oof. it's so so the, many people, so many people. I mean, there's a Star Trek con- thing with Samurai Cop. There is always a Star Trek cast member. Really? Yes. No. Yes. Oh my god. There is a How lady. There is a lady in Star Trek: Next Generation who also had a starring role in Samurai Cop. Please tell me she's the nurse. Yes. Oh god. Yes. Oh no, not the nurse. She's the one who pretends to be a nurse. She is the. Um, Oh, with the, the red-headed with, chick. Oh, with when Robert Zadar is in the... Z- Zadar's <laughs> girlfriend. Yeah, okay. She was on Next Generation as, like, a engineer in the background or That's something. That's my favorite scene, him coming out of that little bin. <laughs> <laughs> this this humongous guy. Robert Zadar. Robert Zadar's chin couldn't fit into that then. I know. He was so bizarre looking. I mean, I love him, but... Oh. The samurai sword and everything. That was great. Oh, yeah. that... Again, we're... <laughs> Tangent aside. Yeah, we're, okay, we're building the foundation well. Excellent. We'll be putting the cement down next week. So, yeah, yeah it's... Um, so, so, yeah. <laughs> so... And it... Generally, to speaking, it's it's a very Guy Ritchie-esque crime thriller. We're all over the shop. There's lots of little side stories. Characters are moving in and out of their relationships. And trying to get deeper into the story would require, you know, a flowchart, mindscape, diagram, hologram situation <laughs> as you try and walk through it. Or you could just watch the goddamn movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's not obvious by now, we definitely recommend oh, watching yeah, this movie because it's, it's a great movie. I own this jacket from this movie. I love it so much. Yeah, I, and it's right there in front of me. Yeah. <laughs> Gorgeous. Uh, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about the director, mm. Matthew Vaughn, Matthew I Vaughn. his name is, who was a producer for a lot of Guy Ritchie's movies. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Guy Ritchie and Matthew Vaughn really did just start off as a little amateur duo who were writing and planning out films they couldn't make, and they managed to pretty much borrow money directly from... Almost like a film insurance guy. The guy who would look at a film and tell you how much you had to insure it for in case something happened. Okay. Well, like a, the banker of the film world, pretty much. One of these guys. Interesting. They took him and like they showed up and they said, we want this much money to make this film. And he looked at it and they went, you can't do it. You <laughs> cannot make this movie for this little money. You, it, it isn't possible. They took him out for a drink. And pretty much just fed him drinks for a night and convinced him <laughs> over time that, yes, they could. And that film became 
uh, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. Oh. Those two worked as a double team. He, Guy Ritchie was the director, quote unquote, kind of in the same way John Wick was directed by two guys, but only one guy's credited. Okay. Both so, of them were our stunt coordinators. Both guys were stunt coordinators, and then, I mean, one of them is, you can actually see him in The Matrix. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, so they both kind of co-directed stuff, even though Guy Ritchie took the main brunt of it, and then they separated, and Matthew Vaughn went off to make this movie, and after that, he's made Kick-Ass, he's made Kingsman, very much that same kind of dynamic. Yeah, yeah the fast-paced, high-octane kind of uh, action. Yeah, and the slash, attention... Uh, what do you call? Attention to detail, almost, I'd call it. But, I mean, it's very yeah. filmic, it's very cinematic. Yeah, it's very cinematic, and you know, a lot of quick cuts, really awesome edits and transitions oh, yeah. in and out. This movie... You can you can really see him develop that style in oh, this yeah. movie, but it's well, confident here. Yeah, it's very and confident. Again, and I'm like guessing because they had that thing that, going uh, on where yeah. it's like it, technically speaking, it's his directorial debut, but not really because yeah, he's, he's had been a, working on the Guy Ritchie films. Yeah, yeah so he had a lot of experience yeah. uh, from those movies. Exactly, and that definitely shows. Oh yeah, and I have to say, I prefer this film to both the Kickass movies and the Kingsman movies, and I would agree. I, I think as, as much as I enjoy the first Kick-Ass movie, yep. I actually haven't seen the second one. Worth watch, I'd okay. say. And uh, definitely didn't like the second kick uh, the sorry, the second Kingsman movie, but I, but I enjoyed the first one. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but they they were more like movies that you would, you know, you can have on in the background kind of thing where Yeah. Yeah, but this is this actually has a very intriguing storyline that really yeah because you know, it's based off a book. It's based off a book called Layer Cake by J.J. Connolly, who also who also adapted it for the screenplay. Okay, well then that's good. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, I, always, mean, I always prefer when the author adapts the screenplay because then yeah you know, things don't get lost in translation as much. Correctly, the guy who wrote it can make the de- can make the decisions about yeah. what's important to bring into the film version, and especially if you have a good uh, director. You know, with that person, mm. and you can get a really good movie out of it because you know they can sort of coordinate on how to do the visual style while also maintaining the integrity of the storyline of the book. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I completely agree. I mean, the thing for me is that, from my impression, almost I would say that as the films have gone on for Matthew Vaughn, he's actually kind of got a little bit worse. I would agree. Mainly, After seeing this, yeah. yes, I would agree. And I would mainly say that it's because he seems to be best when he's being challenged with a budget. The more yeah. money he has to play with, the less control he has over the final product. And I actually find that to be the case in most directors that start out making indie movies. Oh, yeah. Is that when given a bigger budget, things start spiraling out of control, kind mm-hmm. of. And uh, they don't keep that same tight, concise nature of... Uh, yeah, because you're not having to be clever. I mean, half the transitions in this movie are born out of the fact that they just didn't have the money for the in-between shots. They just had to figure out how to keep things dynamic and cinematic while only having a small range of locations and available resources. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about transitions and such, I mean, we're not talking about big, dramatic anything so much as just very slick, clever uses of camera movement and cuts. Yeah, like uh, juxtaposing two similar scenes next to the each other. The match cutting like, is just so like tracking, tracking someone walking. Yep. 
uh, or when zooming into someone's eyes and then zooming out again yeah. kind of situation or you know or like opening a door and then you're in another location kind of situation exactly I mean the be- the best ones the one that really did stand out for me when I first watched it, and I still react to it when I saw it now is that there is a pull in really close on uh, Daniel Craig's eyes. Yeah, and this is a really intense scene. Due yeah, to the, he's what, preparing what to do something. Yeah. At which point when you... And you there is no cut. It is a um, crossfade, which means that it doesn't look almost like the scene has changed except for a change in the lighting. Yeah. And when we pull out again, he's now at the location where he's going to yeah. do the thing. And, uh, and also kudos to Daniel Craig, who kept a very Ooh. similar intense look oh, yeah, throughout yeah. both transitions. Let's get on to that. Now, we've talked about Matthew Vaughn. We kind of know where he's at. I love Daniel Craig in this. Yeah, I, mean, I this uh, is probably or his of, performance in this. Yeah, this is one of his best performances. As someone mm-hmm. who hasn't seen the movie before, I think this is probably one of his better performances. Uh, I really like him in Casino Royale. Agreed, especially Casino Royale. Yep. <laughs> um, but I think this, uh, yeah, I think this tops it. Yeah, I mean, the thing for me is that Daniel Craig, unfortunately, has got to the point where he is he isn't human. In terms of his performances anymore. <laughs> no, that's he's true. Not, he's yeah, a, that's true. He's no, like a superhero. You're absolutely I mean, he, right. Yeah. <laughs> there's, he doesn't ever, he's never phased. He's never having a bad day. He doesn't react very emotionally to anything because he's this superhuman super spy. Yeah. And he that, is that was, that was sort so of, that, human here. That was sort of the thing that got lost uh, for me with the newer James Bond movies oh, yeah. after Casino Royale. Because Casino Royale, if you remember, it was very much. This is an untrained. Uh, this isn't. He, he isn't really 007. It's an origin yet. story. Yeah, it's an origin story of, mm. in a, in a sense. Yeah, and you can really see him, you know, struggling. You can see him make mistakes, and to a degree, to a degree. But they have some really severe consequences. They do have severe consequences, and you know, he actually shows some range by reacting to these consequences, which he sort of lacks in the newer ones. Oh, but just so yeah. much. <laughs> Like uh, Inspector with Leia Sado when she tells him, I love you. And then all of a sudden he's just like, he becomes Superman. <laughs> oh my god, it's just, no, 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 no. But, but, I mean, but, but yeah, so in this movie, very much uh, a... It's Casino Royale performance, but more so. Even more so, which yeah. is why I think I, I prefer this. Because here you really sense his, you really get a sense of his vulnerability. Oh yeah. And how much it takes for him to perform certain feats and acts. Yes, yeah. and the thing I will also say is that it might have a little bit to do with the film itself because there are so many close-ups, pull-ins, long shots of Craig reacting to things. Very, I mean, he is the best tool in the film in terms of conveying information to the audience and story. Yeah, I mean, he is supposed to be a stand-in for the audience. You're yeah. supposed to see the world through and his eyes. And they really put, I mean, they, and they trust him to carry that yeah. all the way through. There's so many moments where we're just getting him filling the screen and those intense blue eyes and his reactions. Yeah, and those piercing blue eyes God, they are really so help. Blue. <laughs> they're so blue. They're so blue. And they really stand out in some of the series. And, and that's also probably uh, thanks to some color correction that they oh, did, which I, was really good because yeah. it makes it, you really it's, get that. It's not uh, too much, but yeah, there's no, definitely it, a little. Yeah, no, yeah, but you it's, can it's tell. just enough to where, where you really notice the eyes. Yeah, I mean, someone once made a joke to me with that, but I completely agree. Most people who have blue eyes, you can call them baby blues. Daniel Craig does not have baby blues. He has adult blues. He has adult blue eyes. <laughs> they are very well. Masculine. <laughs> They are frighteningly intense. Yeah. <laughs> Very well put. Oh, but I mean, he and he is, again, just so good in this. Mainly because he is not infallible. 
Yeah. He fucks up. He makes mistakes. He has terrible moments of, like, self-reflection and grief and, like, comedic bullshit that he fucks up. Yeah. And it's so great to kind of just watch him play that out, trying to be this smooth operator. Yeah, and, that, and that's sort of the thing. is like, he, he sees himself mm. as this, like, really slick gangster. Oh, yeah. But in reality, he's pretty much a newbie. Yeah, he really is. It. He's it's not, like he's not someone, the... someone in the film says it, stick to your sums. I mean, yeah. he is an accountant. He's yeah. even called a broker at one point as a joke. When he's meeting with his two uh, friends in the club, they're like, oh no, our broker has Yeah, arrived. that's true, that's true. I mean, they really, that's who this guy is. He is an accountant who is trying to play, you know, gangster overlord for a yeah. bit. And everyone, he keeps screwing it up. And then you cut to these old timers of prison time who are just kind of like, you idiot! <laughs> George Harris and Cole Meany are just the best parts of this movie. Oh, yeah. Let's get into George Harris. George Harris, who just has... Hands down, my favorite person in the entire movie. So so he is the heavy working for Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig's the drug dealer. Morty is his... What's he called him at one point? His bridge to the criminal world. Yeah, he he's also old... said he, he takes care of me, or protects me. He yeah, says, yeah, he's he's like the old-timer who knows all the pe- right people, he knows who to dr- give the drugs to, and he can keep that distance because he's already the criminal, but he's a professional. Yeah, he's a professional. He's a heavy and, hitter. And yeah, he's someone who's done this for a long time yeah. and uh, is hardened by it, oh, definitely. very much. And he is a stoic guy. Oh, yeah. So stoic. <laughs> In case you're wondering, like, if uh, I think... The one thing people will recognize this guy from, he is Kingsley Shacklebolt in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. Uh, apparently he was also in Raiders of the Lost, Lost, Lost Ark. Lost Ark. He is the pirate captain who they stow aboard with, Katanga. Katanga, yeah. And he's just, I mean, he's a great actor. And he's hes in all over British television. This guy is yeah. one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll definitely recognize him. You'll... You, Maybe not be able to put it like exactly like, oh, yeah, I, yeah, I, like, yeah. I know when you see him, like, oh, I've seen that face somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. Again, he's yeah. in Harry Potter. Yeah. All of those guys are in Harry Potter. Yeah, well, Every I'm not, single one of them. I haven't seen that many Harry Potter movies. So. <laughs> Don't scold me. Don't scold me, I'm internet. Not, I'm not. I'm Don't not. scold me, internet. Don't scold me, internet. <laughs> I, did the internet still care? I don't know, I guess. About Harry Potter? Yeah, oh, Harry, probably. Potter, Harry Potter is still really big. Yeah. It's it's Harry, right now. It's Harry Potter and Pokemon. Like that's that's where it is. The fact that Pokemon came back scares me. Yeah, me too. I uh, couldn't believe that. I'm like, really? Aren't they all dead? <laughs> all 150? There's how many now? It's just like 800 or oh, something. I don't, I don't know. know. It was a whole thing. I don't even want to know. But yeah, no Harry Potter. Yeah, I guess those Fantastic Beast movies. Yeah, I think they brought it back was, a little bit, was, even though they I don't know why. got really bad reviews. Ooh, at least that last one. Yeah, yeah. I didn't watch them, so I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, Johnny Depp is an albino. What? No, it's uh... <laughs> Johnny Depp now. In all the great, like recent movies, oh. it's just a meme of himself. He, yeah, yeah, like he revels in the meme of I Johnny Depp. I keep waiting for him to come back and actually act. I want him to do a Nicolas Cage because Nicolas Cage half the time is playing just a meme of himself, and sometimes you get yeah. a Nicolas Cage acting performance. Yeah, like Mandy. Like Mandy is a ex- mud Mandy. I mean, just like yeah. wait. Nicolas Cage is a great actor. I forgot that. Yeah, he's won awards. <laughs> he's an Oscar winner. I yeah. Mean, oh, yeah. Raising Arizona. I remember now. He's a really good actor. 
Yeah, and not the crazy guy from Face Off. Oh, <laughs> even though I adore that movie. Yeah, no, I it's adore it so much. It's a guilty pleasure of it mine. I love it. It's a great movie. It's John Woo, man. John Woo, gotta love it. He's With been dubs. exiled from Hollywood. Yeah, we can get into that at some point. At some point. If <laughs> yeah. We, yeah, I mean, Payback really just kicked him off the map. I blame Ben Affleck. I, ben, I blame Ben Affleck for a lot of things, to be honest. Yeah, you could. Yeah, even though, I, I do. <laughs> even, though, even though he, when he directs, he's a good director. And he can do good acting, too. Yeah. He can. <laughs> Doesn't happen often, but he can. <laughs> yes. <laughs> kind of like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Doesn't happen that often, but he can. Yeah, GG. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Just, no, no. Every time someone says, Ben Affleck's a good actor. GG. GG, yeah. GG. Moving on. Uh, yeah, what, what were we saying? Uh, so we have Morty, who is the stoic kind of... He's great, because he's, number one, he's the tough guy. And he does a good tough guy. But he is so funny in this. Yeah, his stoicism really... I mean, it's it's sort of the the counter to Craig's more emotional... Oh, yeah, Craig uh, is over, emotional. Yeah, yeah, his more emotional, like, almost... Almost overacting in, in, in certain, certain scenes. Man, yeah. yeah, I mean it's it is. A, I mean it's, it's, it's not still, really overacting. No, it's just it's, it's just reacting more realistically than what we see in movies generally. It's At like, least from him, I mean, especially yeah, him. Yeah. I mean, he's not a statue in a suit this time. Yeah. He's like he's, <laughs> he's a an dude. actual human being. Yeah, he's a guy. <laughs> yeah, but but you know to to contrast that, you have George Harris as Morty, who. Just oh. just sitting there and be like, I don't like this. No, yeah, <laughs> I'm not happy about not, this. No, no, it's it's even similar to that. We're we're in a diner <laughs> and we're at Daniel Craig is trying to talk this guy like, no, no, it's fine. We gotta have control. Over here. Cut to George Harris just sitting there. I'm not happy. <laughs> and holds the same expression yeah. as Daniel Craig tries to fix what's wrong. Yeah. It's just, we keep cutting back to George Harris just staring <laughs> him down. <laughs> Looking really disappointed. Oh, yeah. He has disappointed dad energy yes. for years. Yes. It's just, it's so overwhelming. Disappointed, <laughs> disappointed criminal dad. Yeah. <laughs> That's a really nice way to put it. Disappointed uh, criminal has, dad. <laughs> he brings such a great energy to it. I mean, he's not even in the film that much. He kind of disappears for a section and then he comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's in it in a good Oh yeah, he's, and I mean, he's, he's he's probably the second most. Well, it's him mm-hmm. and and what's his name? Colmini. Yeah, Colmini's the. I I I'd say yeah, Colmini has more screen time. Colmini is kind of more of the second. Yeah. Billing here, because you have Daniel Craig and then you have Colmini. Colmini is how to put this. He is the next level up from Morty. He is the same job position, but working for a more important figure. He's mm-hmm. working for the Jimmy Price character. Yeah. And he is, Cole Meany, again, he, he's one of those guys who keeps showing up places. He's in Next Generation. He's in, um, speaking of Nicolas Cage, he's in Con Air. Ah, yeah. He's the one who has the card that says kick ass. Kick ass. Yeah. God, Con Air. Oof. Let's not. <laughs> let's not that get is, into... That's not just a tangent. That is an entire structure. That is that is maybe a week's worth of content. Oh, just possibly. But Cole is great. I mean, and he also carries this wonderful kind of stoic and yet funny energy. Yeah. His little talk about, like, meditating by cleaning his guns. It's yeah, just, yeah. It's just... A, it's so... With a picture of a naked woman behind him. And the statue as well. Yeah. I have to say, you want to talk about weird, unexplained moments... We're in the, his apartment, and all the art is naked women. 
and he's like gets a phone call to like so the Daniel Craig's gonna come up and see him. And we cut to Colmini putting clothes in a black plastic yeah. bag. <laughs> and then he, and then Daniel Craig sees him and just goes, oh, yeah, hi, and yeah. walks by. And you're like, <laughs> like, why are you disposing of the clothing in your bedroom like this? Dude. In a robe. <laughs> yeah, he's in a robe. And he's not putting it in a laundry bag. It's a garbage bag. It's like, what have you been doing? <laughs> it is such a wonderful moment of, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, I guess kind of spoilery. Well, well, I could say at least it ties back to mm. what we learn in the end. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. no, he has the guns. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's a spoiler. He's the he's a he's a hit. He's not a hitman, but he's like a yeah, he's a fixer. He's a fixer. Yeah. He's one of these guys. He's got an assistant who has an amazing handlebar mustache. Yeah, <laughs> and that mustache is, is amazing. Who is equally a stoic? Oh, he's even. Stoic. He doesn't speak. <laughs> he, he has not a single speak. line of dialogue in this <laughs> entire movie. He doesn't have a, a huge role in the movie, but that little role that he does have, it's, it's hilarious. It's so and, great, and that's what's so great about this movie. It kind of mm. has that blend where it blends the the more serious. And even violent aspects of the movie and has these really nice comic relief sections, but it's not done so overtly that it pulls you out of the movie. Like, yeah. like the kind of gripes I usually have with like modern Marvel movies. I'll be honest with you. It's the kind of gripe I usually have with uh, Guy Ritchie movies. I think the comedy and the eccentricity of the characters is too much sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. And it gets like, very, I, I, it gets I, I very overbearing. Like rock, rock and roller. And, yeah, yeah, I mean, and this kind of pull, it's the same kind of thing, but it pulls it back really nicely. Yeah, where, where it's, it's funny, it will get you, it will get you to chuckle, or oh, yeah. even get you to sometimes laugh, maybe a little bit out loud, but we, it's, we it's, both it's got fun. a real chuckle out of Ben Whishaw. Uh, Sydney, uh, the skinny dude. The, yeah, 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 yeah. Sydney, <laughs> of course. Pulling back the James Bond, he's now Q. That's true. Yeah, he, yeah he's Q. He's Q. Ben Wishaw's a fantastic perfume story of a murder. What a movie! But Ben Wishaw's in this, and he is just so awkward. Yeah, it's he's, so he's wonderful. Like, he, he he plays he plays the role wonderfully of like the cousin of the cousin of the gangster who's trying to be a gangster. Yeah, you have um, <laughs> what is what is his name? Uh, Jamie Foreman. Anyway, Jamie Foreman is the um, the Duke who is yeah. the opposite of Craig. He is the real wannabe gangster leisure suit. Yeah, like he has with the cap and you everything. Will. I mean, he's like, he's <laughs> yeah. so over the top. Yeah, it? with like chains and this like really hooker looking escort girlfriend. Oh god, and it's so... <laughs> that, that, she's, that go, like, and she plays the role amazingly. amazingly. She <laughs> is so, so on top of it. It's yeah. so great. Uh, that is uh, Sally Hawkins as Slasher. Slasher, yeah. Yeah, yeah. no, you have to say like Slasher, Slasher. It's how everyone calls her in the movie. It sounds like she's they're saying Sasha. Yeah, I actually thought I thought it was, it was Sasha. Sasha. Yeah, yeah. like no, it's Slasher. It's like Slasher. really interesting. No, God and he, damn it, Slasher. <laughs> yeah, and he's running his own kind of little unit, and it is again, it's very like you can see the different sides of this yeah. criminal landscape really well portrayed. Uh, who's the other one? There's a there's a guy who's part of his crew that's actually really quite well known now. Uh, Gaza, where's Gaza? I'm trying to Gaza. Gaza. Burn uh, Gorman, who is actually a really good actor. He plays a really sinister guy in a lot of stuff. A show that almost no one has seen, but I'm very fond of, is a show called Forever. It's got a guy. It's got the guy who plays Hornblower. Have you ever seen those movies? No. They're a lot like Master and Commander. They're kind of like oh, okay. they're like old naval 
those era movies. I like but for, Master Yeah, Master but Forever is the story of, like, he's a guy, he's a New York mort- autopsy... Yeah, a mortician. Mortician. No, no, no. Uh, uh, ooh. You know what I mean. Like, works for the morgue. police. Yeah, the guy who works at the morgue, basically. Yeah, exactly. And he is actually a guy from, like, the 1800s or something, and he's lived, he he's cannot be killed type deal. Oh, I like okay. those kind of things. All right. Yeah. Anyway, he and you watch that, and then Burn Gorman, Gorman shows up, pretending first to be you know little meek something something, and then suddenly, hello, whoa, <laughs> just like oh oh wow okay that's that yeah he's like, he can go he has a deep voice when he wants to yeah but again it's like a good solid mid grade cast. No real AAA guys, but... Well, at every... least not at the time. Not at the time, no. Yeah. They came that later, but at the time, just mid-level kind of character actors, and they're all really putting in the full mile. Yeah, they, they're really going for their A-game. And, yeah. like, you know, bringing back Tom Hardy, like, mm. you could really see him, like, try, and you can sort of see elements of his character in later movies. Like, yeah. for example, in Loke. I don't know if you've seen that. Loke is so good. It's one of my favorite Tom it's Hardy movies. such a great it's movie. A... And it's it's done on a shoestring budget, basically. Oh, yeah. No and, money. And you can't tell. No. It basically has one actor. One setting. One actor. Yeah. It's like, just, the whole movie is yeah. just him in a car, and that's the whole movie. I mean, and it's one of those things where you, you have to trust your actor in a setting like that. You just yeah. need to make sure you have an actor who can pull it off. Yeah. And, and Tom act- Hardy does... By miles. I mean, yeah, he's so and, good. And the, the, the funny thing is, I saw that movie much later. Uh, mm. So I had already seen, you know, obviously his Dark Knight Rises performance. I'd Mad seen Max? him brought, I'd seen Mad Max. Mm. It was actually right after I saw Mad Max mm. uh, that I saw this movie. Uh, and, you know, so I'd, I'd known that he was a fantastic actor. Yeah. And then I saw that movie and I was blown away. <laughs> his range is yeah. incredible. I was absolutely blown away. It was yeah, no, so well done. And then, I mean, yeah, but, and he has these little moments where you're like, okay, you can really carry a scene. I mean, there's one bit yeah. specifically where someone says, ask them, how does that look? And you just get this wonderful little moment and going, bad. <laughs> just, just, he, and he hits it like on the head. He, yeah. he nails that tone and that delivery perfectly for the scene. Mm. Yeah, no, it was, it was, uh, Definitely captivating. The entire cast did an amazing job. Oh, yeah. Completely. I don't think there was a weak link among them, to be honest. No, uh, I mean, the, the other one who really I gotta kind of mention here, because this is, um, how do I put it? What is her name? Sienna Miller. It's, I never remember Sienna Miller, yeah. She was, uh, quote unquote, the girl. And <laughs> for lack of a better term, there's very little was, female presence in this movie. Yeah, she was in, what, three scenes? Yeah, but out of like she a has a scene where she goes uh, topless in this movie. You don't see full frontal nudity, but it is uh, yeah. one of those scenes, to put it that way. Yeah. And uh, she became a bit of a sex symbol in the UK after this movie came out because of it. It felt very throwaway, though. It is very throwaway. Because the focus is more on what happens after, which is when she actually puts lingerie on. <laughs> True. But, yeah. I mean, she was already kind of known. I think she's also a singer, but she had a little bit of a following. This movie came out and really showed a lot more skin yeah. than most people were expecting. And she actually had a bit of wonderful controversy where she sued a newspaper for putting out photos of her topless on a beach in France or something like that. Interesting. Won the case... And then immediately, like they, the the press had a ban from taking photos of her. 
Awesome. <laughs> it was set in place. The next time she was at a nightclub, she flashed the entire press corps and they couldn't do anything about it. <laughs> oh, that's... that's I love that's stuff cool. like that. But that having a scene like that would have fit perfectly in this movie. You know what? Yeah, it kind of would have. But no, I mean, she's really great in this because she does a lot with the little time she has. Yeah. And she is... She isn't... I want to call her the love interest, but I think that's probably a bit too generous. That's, yeah, no, it's selling selling her character a bit short, calling her the yeah. love. Because it feels very generic, but it's... Because she's in control of that relationship. Yeah. She's the one leading Daniel Craig on. Yeah, most definitely. Completely. I mean, she... that This is not Bond being suave. Yeah, no. She is seducing him. Yeah, actually, he's very much like a blumbering buffoon around her. Oh, yeah, no, he yeah. does not know where to go with this. Yeah, so, I mean, he, he just, he just basically just gawking at her. Oh, yeah, one he scene. is. She's just like, with it, it, it could have been, I mean, it's not, but it could have been with his mouth open. Oh, and com- just like staring at her like, oh. They're in a club, he's sitting down, she's dancing, and you can almost see the fish hook in his cheek. Yeah. She reels him in. And you can sort of see everything else drown out. Oh, and she's it's the focus. so it's really, great. I mean, yeah, number one, she's gorgeous. But it's just, she does a really great job of kind of carrying enough stage presence to upmatch him. Yeah. Which, considering it's Daniel Craig, kind of at the height of his acting game, is really saying something. Yeah. And they definitely. balance it beautifully. And again, it's this humanizing factor. Yeah. And I think I think going back to the director, like the way mm. that he did that scene in particular was really... Like in, in other movies, you might sort of... Uh, turn down the lights a bit around other people and have more of a spotlight on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You might do blurring on the edges. This scene didn't do any of that, but still had the same effect where you would only focus on her. Yeah, and you would sort of drown out everything else, even though everyone yeah. else was in full focus. And they even did a lot of funny stuff in the background. That, They're know? doing funny stuff in yeah. the background. Is good. To, I mean, the other thing that they did, which was... But it's that like framing. The you blocking know? and the way they constructed the scene where the camera is moving in on her. Yeah. And the sh- the focus is a little bit narrowed, so she's the only one who's crisp in focus. Yeah, it's not just that. It's also like the people that are dancing around her, because it's a nightclub mm-hmm. scene were sort of almost framing her. Correctly. <laughs> and they had, like, sort of that hallway Yeah, her, I mean, it's kind which of... It was, it was done really well. It actually reminds me a bit of Edgar Wright. It has a yes. lot... The stylistics of this film are really kind of... If Edgar Wright... I mean, yeah, a little bit like Baby Driver. It has a little bit of that kind of stylistic flourish to almost every scene. Yeah. Very, very definitely. few definitely. moments are wasted in terms of making a pretty picture having a captivating kind of style flourish with the camera. It, it is getting so much mileage out of what they had. Yeah, and this movie, you know, almost like brilliantly does sort of the... I mean, it's fast-paced when it needs to be. It's It slows down where it needs to mm. sort of get... Uh, and the way that it frames the scenes are just... It's just yeah, I mean, the, the cinematography is fantastic. Oh, who was the cinematography? I, actually, I don't know. I kind of want to look it up now. You keep talking. <laughs> I keep talking. <laughs> So yeah, uh, so yeah, I think Edgar Wright, Edgar Wright is a good comparison to sort of the stylistic choices that this movie made. And yes, you can clearly see some inspiration, if you will, from uh, Guy Ritchie. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah. This, the cinematographer here was Ben Davis, who has done Guardians of the Galaxy, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, Three Billboards Outside in Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, yeah, he is. A guy who has worked on Age of Ultron. <laughs> okay. So, uh, huge repertoire. Oh, oh, Seven Psychopaths? Really? Seven Psychopaths. That's, that's one of my... Uh, that, oh, no. Uh, Wrath of the Titans. 
No. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> and he was Kick the ass. director for yeah. Frog Frog and Kick-Ass. Yeah, and there you go. Kick-Ass, Stardust, which is a great movie. Love that movie. I don't know if I've seen that. It's uh, Michael, uh, not uh, Michael, Gaiman, um, Neil Gaiman movie, story turned into a book. Okay. It's a kind of a really nice subversion of the fantasy genre. Interesting. Good. Worth watching. But yeah, I mean, this is one of his first films. He did some. He did a short. He did a music video. He did a movie called Miranda, and then he did Layer Cake. Yeah, I mean, this is very much the early days of a lot of the people involved in this film. You can, and you you wouldn't be able to tell. I know. I mean, the the thing I will say about uh, Layer Cake, it is confident. Yeah, confidence is key. Nobody here was putting in a safe choice at any point, pretty much. Yeah. Which, which I would, I, I mean, I wouldn't expect that from someone who made movies with Guy Ritchie at the time. Yeah, but they, even none, so, of, none I mean, of their movies were really safe. At least the early ones, they weren't really safe. They were no, very but much out what there. What they also felt was rough. Yes, I mean this I, one. This one feels way more polished. Polished. Yeah, this I mean, is a like honestly, it, it, just to put it uh, bluntly, like this movie. This movie, if you told me, you know, like that it was made. By veteran directors, and all the actors were sort of well uh, established. Yeah, it's called, and I would believe you. Yeah, no, because, completely. Because at no at no point during the movie do you feel anyone is less experienced or, un, like you were saying, in, uh, not confident or giving in sort of a, a half baked performance. Yeah. None of that. This. Movie, I mean, no one, no one has to cover for anybody. Everybody yeah. is filling up to their station. Completely. Yeah, everyone brought their A game, and it shows. Oh. So well. so I was really surprised that this. I mean, I don't know. This movie did, didn't have uh, that big of a splash when it first came out. It had a little bit of a splash, but again, it is a genre film in a genre area which is already quite, I don't know, saturated at this point. Because we've had the Lockstocks, yeah. we've had those kind of like the British gangster flick. Those are never going to you know drive the world mad. But it is such a great showcase of the talent involved. Yeah, and I think I think what this movie does really well as well is that it you can you can see the inspiration from these other movies, mm. but it doesn't feel like it's one of those movies. No, no, no. And, and like it's it feels like it, it's its own beast, and it, it does that really in a really interesting way. To where it starts off, and you think like it's gonna go one way, but it, it goes in a completely different direction, filmmaking wise. Oh yeah, no, I mean it. Not there, just plot. There are parts of this film that I almost would have accused of being art house like. Yeah, because it is so stylistic rather than just pure. Here's the story. Yeah, and it also doesn't like over stylize. Mm. Like uh, you know, you, Matthew Vaughn himself, like yep. in the later Kingsman movies, you might say they're over stylized, especially the second one in some scenes. Yeah, like there's there's way too much happening. I think that also has a lot to do with the fact that that's an action movie. This is not an yeah, action no, movie. Yeah, no, this is this is not an action movie. It, it has, has action scenes in it, but it's not, not very a quote many. unquote action movie. Actually, has... think about it. What what are the action scenes? We have one. We have two people getting beaten. Yeah, they are not fighting. <laughs> no, there's no, there's no fight choreography <laughs> no. going on in these two scenes. There are two people having the crap beat out of them, and then we and have the, in a one... hilarious way in both ones. Yeah, in both and then cases. we just have a chase scene. I mean, there really there's is. There's no shootouts. There's no yeah. major like confrontations. Well, 
Okay, well, it has suspense scenes at least. Completely, it has a lot of suspense scenes. Actually, the whole movie is very suspenseful. thriller. Yeah, I mean, I would call it an action or a, not an action, a crime thriller. Yeah, I would definitely call it a crime thriller. I but with call elements it elements of uh, of comedy oh. sprinkled through. Again, it has that classic kind of British balance between the comedic aspects and the thriller aspects, and it all kind of blends together into this really tight little ball. Yeah, because I re- I just love the way this movie kind of moves. You never feel like it's rushing, but it never feels like it's slowing down. Basically, it doesn't feel American. Nope. <laughs> no, it, does it really doesn't. feel American. It feels it very... It feels very British. Uh, actually, no. I would go so far as to say it doesn't even feel that British. What does it feel? It's like a really nice blend of the two. Because British, British movies tend to be... Um, so I, I think Guy Ritchie and, I guess, Matthew Vaughn are sort of mm. the exception... Because British movies in general have less style, but still has that witty, fast-paced sort of... Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I see what you mean. But it's usually they're not very stylistic. But mm. the Hollywood movies are are more show... Like they're more yes. showy and much more stylistic. If only that there was a man called Edgar Wright or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? Mm. If, only if only he were British. If only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> No, but I mean, I, I do see what you mean. But I think the one thing I will give this movie, and I kind of, it just kind of occurred to me, is it feels like its protagonist. Yeah, it feels it's very grounded s- in that sense, crisp it's, and yeah. smooth, like a new breed of animal, kind of taking on the reins from the old guys. Yeah, and it feels like that in how it's made. It feels like a, the kind of thing this guy would have made if he'd been making a movie. It's slick. It's conform. It's not perfect. There are things, but. It does. No, no, I wouldn't say this is a perfect movie. No, no, no. But, but it's I mean, a solid movie. It feels, it feels solid. It feels grounded, and it yet feels like it has style and confidence. Yeah, like it, like it doesn't do anything that's exceptionally well. Mm. But it does everything it needs to. No, it does everything at at a level to where you know it's it's just absolutely great and solid. Oh yeah, like a perfect sort of 8 out of 10 kind of movie. Oh, perfectly. Yeah. If no, you if, if you use the scale where a 5 is an average. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, and, I and 10 is sort of an essential movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is cuz I like it's a solid 8, maybe even a 9 if you're a really big fan of these kind of uh crime thrillers. Which I am. Yeah. I, no, I mean, too. this I is mean. my this is my kind of movie left, right and center. Yeah. And no. the, the reason I I mean, the reason I love this movie so much is because it does all the genre stuff. But it does it with all of these added stylistic elements. It chooses not to be serious and straight and conform. It decides to have fun, even in little ways. But still, serious when it needs to be. Oh, completely. I mean, there Which are... Is something that, I guess, uh, like Lockstock and Snatch sort of miss. <sighs> they, where... tr- they do okay. It's just, it's, it is a question of hit or miss. Yeah. They don't always hit those beats the way they want to. Yeah. And I would say this movie kind of just hits every single note it wants to yeah. on the song. Yeah, no, I uh, I absolutely agree. I think this, uh, you know, being my first uh, time seeing this, yep. I was I was pretty blown away uh, by every aspect of the filmmaking. The acting, the directing, the cinematography. The baby blues. Every- the baby blues, <laughs> or the adult blues, to be more specific. There's, there was an actual moment in this movie where both sitting there just going, "My God, his eyes are blue." <laughs> We're not even thinking about the story; just Daniel Craig staring into our souls. 
piercing blue eyes. Just never has that statement made more sense. Oh, no, than just than so with piercing. I mean, yeah, it's like weaponized. Yeah. It's just we we are we have like, no defense. Yeah, Matt Bomber has nothing on that. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I mean, and, and it is for me. This movie is a little bit. I'm not gonna say it's sad. But it is a little hard for me to rewatch it because I haven't seen it for a while now. Okay. Watching this and then thinking back on the recent Bond films and what we kind of lost along the way. Yeah, because because you know going back to what I was saying earlier, I think Casino Royale. You know, after watching this and then looking back at Casino Royale, I think that was a really good transition. Yep. For Daniel, oh no, completely. For Daniel Craig as an actor, completely, and uh, you know, and and you know, sort of his career projection. But yeah. then, I think. The second half of Quantum of Solace <laughs> and onward. Yeah, <laughs> it was just he just kind of pulled down. it back a bit in Skyfall. I will give him some credit. Him and Judy, him and Judy Dench had amazing. I would, I would argue that in the Sky, what made Skyfall so incredible yep. was by far the performances of Judy Dench and Correct. Javier Bardem. Oh yeah, Javier Bardem Way more ate so. up like he chewed up every single scene he was in. He I, completely you I'm could sorry. not look no, away no. from. Let's him. be clear, Javier Bardem rampaged through London like a Godzilla, eating all of it. Yes, <laughs> he took. He was taking bites out of buildings. He was. He was not constrained by the scenery alone. <laughs> yeah, like like as good as Matt Mads Mikkelsen is, and I love Mads Mikkelsen. It is a that. very different kind of character and very, very different, different kind of performance. Yeah. That's true, but Mad Mickelson played more of the sort of sophisticated, sophisticated the typical Bond villain. Like, like he could have played uh, Blofeld, and yeah. he would have been perfect for that. I'll agree with that. Yeah, but <laughs> but, but <laughs> we're both just sitting here going, Christoph Waltz. Yeah, I've, I mean, I love, I love that love, man. I love that I man. Love and he's him. an amazing actor. He is, but, but no, but, no, they really dropped the ball. The <laughs> thing I will say is that I think Mickelson and Craig in Casino Royale are way better proportioned for each yes, other. I agree. The balance between the good guy bad guy dynamic there is so much better. Yeah, it's, Bardem it's is in a different movie than Craig is in Skyfall. Yeah, no, Craig is is an observer in that movie. He has very little effect. Like yeah. to the to the audience, I think. Yeah. Like he has an effect obviously on the plot, but yeah, to the yeah. audience, it's Bardem, it's Judy Dench. Yeah. No, completely. And I mean, yeah. I I do think Judy Dench and Craig have good chemistry, but I think a lot of that has to do with Jen Dench. Yeah, I mean, it is it is the unfortunate it's truth. That Dame Judy Dench, <laughs> and she really deserves that title. I, I mean, Craig didn't want to play Bond to begin with. The only reason he joined on with Castrina Royale was because he loved the script, where it was so non-Bondish. Yeah, and trying to force him to actually play Bond in a Bond movie. You Which is what Spectre was. I mean, was he's kind of to a... the T. <laughs> I, I mean, I hate to put it this way. And it, Quantum of Solace, too. But I hate to put it... He was such mm. a Debbie Downer. He doesn't want to be there. And yeah. you can tell. He's yeah. not enjoying himself. He's not having as much fun as he did in Casino Royale or this. Here, I mean, Casino Royale, he looks like he's having the time of his life. He is enjoying yes. that character and playing this no more suave so. And no more so than when he's being beaten oh. <laughs> and tortured. Oh, my God. The that, laughing in that Ladies scene. and gentlemen, Daniel Craig in that one. <laughs> That's uh, my favorite scene. <laughs> That's it's just that maniacal If you want to know what Daniel Craig is like in Layer Cake... That scene yes. is as close yeah, as he gets to being this there character in Layer Cake. Yeah, like just the just the because emo- that that scene. I mean, it's 
you can actually see a whole range of emotions oh, yeah, on yeah, yeah. in such a short period of time. It's an absolutely that, fantastic that wonderful scene. moment where he sounds like he's sobbing and then you realize he's laughing. Yes. How well's <laughs> gonna know you scratched my balls. <laughs> it's so great. And I mean he was he's obviously sobbing but also crying. Yeah, I no, mean, he's laughing. laughing. I mean he yeah. is I mean, I love that moment. Yeah. It is the moment my dad walked out of the movie on. <laughs> he couldn't do it. It's it's a tough scene to watch. It's a, not, it's he for, for men. It's a tough scene. <laughs> he didn't leave for that reason. He, he he couldn't do it because my dad's an old Bond fan. And oh, it was, okay. It, it was that moment where it became very clear this wasn't a Bond movie. No. It was a good movie, but it yeah, wasn't think, a Bond movie. I think Casino Royale is by f- like the, the, the one movie where if you didn't have Bond or 007 in the title... Yep. It could have been a solid movie. You could regardless. have called it anything. You could have called it literally anything. Yep. And I think they they did a really good job calling it Casino Royale. They didn't really call it James Bond's. Yeah, no, it is Casino Royale. It is a it is the story, not a character's movie. Yeah. And Eva Green just kind of knocks it out. Oh my god! In that movie. Yeah. I mean, I never really noticed Eva Green until that movie, and afterwards, it was just kind of like, yeah, okay, you, I need to pay attention to because. Good grief does she knock it out of the park. She is amazing in that movie. Yeah. She's amazing in a lot of other things that she's done. Yeah. She's even the best parts in really bad movies. Uh, two of them come to mind. Sin City <laughs> 2 yes. and that was 302. The one I, I didn't watch that. Oh, she's in, she is amazing in that. And she is so much more interesting, powerful, and you know, charismatic than anybody else. It's like there's a mini movie with her happening that I want to watch, <laughs> and then we keep cutting away from it. I'm like, no, go back. <laughs> yeah, no, she she has that same Bardem effect where she eats yeah. up the scenes that she's I'm, in, and I'm, she's also a solid yeah. actress. I'm gonna give a little bit of credit to Daniel Craig as a person here. The scene in Casino Royale where they're sitting in the shower, mm-hmm. the script called for her to be in her underwear. Daniel Craig is the man who pointed out, why would she have bothered taking off her dress? That mm. makes no sense. Let's let her keep her clothes on. It really made... Yeah, I could see how that, that would have been a very different scene. Had she it would have been an off. incredibly different scene. And yeah. also, apparently, Eva Green wasn't 100% on board for it the way it was originally written. So, full credit to Daniel Craig. Yeah. And she didn't mind, I don't, from what I understood, the nudity and such wasn't the issue. It was this making her vulnerable just for the sake of it. Yeah. Because, I mean, Eva Green is a very, I've seen her in an interview and she is smart as a whip. I mean, she is Yeah, no, and a very like, restrained, reserved, smart individual. She, I mean, seeing, I don't know if you've seen Penny Dreadful. The oh, yeah, show. no, I love that show. Yeah, especially the first two seasons. I've only watched the first season. Yeah, the first season is great. Mm, yeah, <laughs> don't, that's, you don't need to watch the rest, <laughs> to be honest. More? Yeah, there's three seasons. Really? I yeah. thought there was only two. No, there's three. Oh. Yeah, oh don't, no. don't watch the third one. Oh. <laughs> don't do that oh, <laughs> to no. yourself. As a matter of fact, don't watch the second one because the third one, or the second one, sort of leads into the third oh, one. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. The first season is a very good story. Yeah, for me, it's like Eva Green. Yeah. Great. It's a, it's a good story. Timothy Dalton. Yes. Uh, yes, definitely, yes. The also, guy, a Bond. Also, in a Bond. one movie. And then there's a guy whose name I can never remember Josh Hartman? Yes. Who I love in a film that almost no one has seen called Bunraku. 
I have not seen it. Ooh, we might want to put that on the list. Bon Rapu is. I've seen another movie of his that no one has seen, and I'm pretty sure no one has seen because I don't think that movie made any money whatsoever. Okay, <laughs> it's called I'm, I'm two, waiting. two Lovers. Nope, no idea. Yeah. Never yeah. heard of it. No one, no one has heard seen, of it. Yeah, no one has seen that movie. That movie made no money. Oh, <laughs> uh, the only thing I will tell you about the uh, Bon Rapu, Ron Perlman with dreadlocks. Moving on. Oh, I think I've seen a picture of that. Like oh, in the... <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, Bon Rapu's no. great. Anyway, all right, we gotta watch that. Yeah, well, we'll put. Her, I'm sure there's a reason to watch it at some point. <laughs> yeah. yeah, in case you haven't noticed, we we are gonna try and tie these things into films that are happening at the time, but we'll we'll take any excuse. We don't care. Yeah, we're yeah. not here for the moralizing. Um, no, not really. <laughs> we're both sitting here drinking rum. We don't care. We don't care. <laughs> we really don't give a damn. <laughs> don't judge us, but. <laughs> Tension aside. Tension aside. <laughs> the foundation yes. is built. Tension aside. Someone start a counter. We need to know how many times <laughs> over the course of this show do we say the words tangent aside. Yes, and at us. At yeah. us. Yeah. Oh, at us. Get upset with us. Do it. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> we love a heckler. <laughs> no, I mean, I again, we're, we are trying to avoid getting too into the story because trying to get into the full back and forth of what's happening in this movie does... It, number one, it's too much, and number two, it's kind of not the point. Yeah, and, and and I mean, I don't really, I don't really have an aversion to like spoiling. No, no but no. I think I think this movie, so much of it, rides on the way the story is told. Yep. Versus what the story actually is, uh, that I don't really want to spoil it if anyone wants to watch it. Yeah, I mean, the thing is that this is. <laughs> I think the easiest way I could explain how this movie kind of is as an experience is that you are watching a high-speed car race, and the camera is just on the driver, who is Daniel Craig. Yeah. And we are having to watch him navigate every corner, every turn, every, every new twist in the road, every near miss, <laughs> and that's the whole part of the joy, is this, number one, what's actually happening, but number two, him reacting to it. Yeah, and oh, and constantly being on the edge of your seat, wondering if it's gonna if it's gonna crash and burn, yeah, or if it's gonna make that turn. There are so many times this movie takes a complete turn in terms of what's about to happen, and you don't see it coming. Yeah, I mean, what a man walks through a door. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and your reaction to that was like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, there's, bastard. There's, there's, uh, there's a ton of scenes Jimmy. in the movie. Yeah, no, there's a ton of scenes in this in this movie that that just catch you completely off guard. Oh yeah, no, and I that's mean, refreshing because because movies, you know, especially recently, they're so formulaic. Yeah, that seeing but, something like this is really refreshing. But it isn't hard to follow. No, it's not hard to follow. Uh, even though it tries us damnedest sometimes. I don't know if it does. I think it's doing this thing where it is actually all fairly simple when you look at it. It's just the way it's all put together. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it, yeah. like, like it's it's really trying to personify its name of being a layer cake, yes. but it, but it navigates it more of a in a spiral. I mm. guess it's a good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it is. It is definitely. I think it's one of those films where, because of the way it's edited together and the way it's structured, when you're when when you've seen all of it and you know what everything is, it all kind of clicks into place. Yeah. It's easy to see what's happening, but as a journey, it is very twisty and turny. Yeah, it is yeah, trying to hide the next corner as much as possible. Yeah, because I, I was uh, there's plenty of times in this movie where I was basically saying to myself, like, "Wait, what? Mm. 
How did this happen? Where did this come from? Who are these people? Why yeah. are they here? <laughs> Why are they here? But who are, then, but who are these guys from the north? The <laughs> just... <laughs> oh, man. Easy shanks. Easy shanks. Oh, yeah, I mean... Just like the old days, eh? It's... Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, fair warning. Our accents are terrible. I don't know about that. I like our accents. <laughs> they make like... me smile. He said that. You at him when this comes up. <laughs> I stand defended by the fact that I have admitted my fault beforehand. Alright, well, I, I enjoy our accents. I, I enjoy I get a, I get a good laugh out of oh, it. Oh, I get a good chuckle out of them. Um, it's sometimes very moving, especially especially your Scottish accent. It's quite moving. <laughs> yeah, bastard! But, <laughs> it's the only thing I can say properly. But uh, it's gonna... If we ever get a Norwegian, get, like a movie with a Norwegian in it, then we can maybe do it. Yeah. At some point, well, at some point in the future, we might do a Mission Impossible movie with Christopher Yonel in it, and then we'll then we'll do a good impersonation. Yeah, or uh, yeah, that uh, the guy who plays Tormund in Game of Thrones. Oh, have you? Have you? Yeah, have you or something? He's in something new coming out soon. Next yeah. season of The Witcher. He's yeah, been cast. he's been cast. Still need to watch that show. It's a good show. I know I you really keep telling it. me that, but I want to punch that bard in the face. Moving yes, on. and oh. you will have that feeling throughout the whole oh. show. <laughs> I've only got to episode two, and then it ended on his song number, yeah. where Toss I'm like, this, <laughs> this does not sound like a bard. This sounds like a badly produced bluegrass record. Pretty I much, want yeah, yeah. to punch this man. No, and and it's it's so it's so contrasted, because the show's music oh. and, and the, the, the music and the video games yeah. that it's based on. They're so, you know, traditional, and it's so solid, spot on. Yeah, yeah. very orchestral, <laughs> very solid. And then suddenly, yeah. my valley, you've plenty. And I'm like, I want to punch <laughs> you in the face. No one sang that way. <laughs> no, this is not this is also here. And also him like playing guitar stylings. And I'm like, yeah. this is not what are you doing? You're walking next to a horse. Why do you sound like you're being produced? <laughs> But it's Shut great. up, you little it's man! <laughs> it's absolutely great. You little bastard! I'm gonna hurt you. <laughs> I, <laughs> love, I love that show because throughout the entire show, you're confused. Very much. Oh, so like, confused. Actually, like ten times worse than this movie. Oh yeah, way worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know things happen in uh, like different time periods, time periods and, and, and all, all that stuff, oh, and, oh, and no. no one really changes their appearance. <laughs> Throughout the whole time, which yeah, is kind of it's off-putting, so bizarre. Because it's like, how many years have passed now? I have to be honest, though. <laughs> there is one great disappointment to me. We have this show. It is The Witcher. There are multiple timelines. I want to see Henry Cavill with a beautiful beard. Yes, give, I hope. I hope that's give happening me next a season. big white beard on the I wolf. Come happening. on. I hope that's happening next season. I don't. I've never bearded Witcher. No, we've seen him with facial hair. He has a beard in the Superman. Yes, and that was my favorite scene in the movie. He has a gorgeous beard, you know, before they ruined that movie. Anyway. (laughs) Oh. uh, Yeah, no, Man of Steel, my favorite scene is. I'll be entirely honest with you. I I just wanted to see the story of superhuman hobo. Yeah, right? That's just a movie I wanted. <laughs> the first the first 20 minutes or so yeah. of the movie are my favorite of the whole movie. And also known as goes. Montage the Movie. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> it's like 20 whole minutes of montage. 20 whole minutes of montage of a beautiful bearded man. And then you're like, no, the beard is gone. And apparently yeah. the beard was what was holding the film together. But <laughs> Yeah, that's what you realize after Yeah, you really it. do. Uh, that and Michael, what's his name? Shannon. Shannon screaming. I love Michael Shannon. I do. 
But in that movie, clearly they didn't know what to do with the tool in their hands. Yeah, they just had him shouting. He shouted every single line. I don't think there is a single line in the movie that he's not shouting. <laughs> yep, no, I'll agree with that. No, I, yeah. that, that, Michael Shannon is that kind of guy, though. I mean... No, because like when you see him in movies like uh, Knives Out, he's very much... Oh, Shape of Water. He has an interesting kind of... I haven't seen that yet. I'm Ooh. embarrassed to say. I wouldn't be embarrassed. I haven't seen Knives Out yet. Oh, okay. I kind of missed that in cinemas. I was kind of a, I didn't have time to go to the cinema that much during December and such, so I never got around to it. No. But I mean, here here's the thing I will say about Michael Shannon. Michael Shannon is a great actor who needs to be carefully handled. Yeah, but, you know, a lot of actors are that way. Yes, but Michael Shannon has such a scary energy. Yeah. <laughs> because I, Michael Shannon is... But most actors need to work to be scary, and then you kind of yeah. like... Or you need to bring them to scariness. You want to be intense and scary? Great, we need to bring you there. Michael Shannon lives there, and then we need to bring him out. <laughs> yeah, which is why I thought it was perfect casting for the movie Iceman. Oh! Oh! Yeah. Yes. Because <laughs> it's like, yes. This, I'm not entirely man... sure that's acting. That's just <laughs> yeah, Michael that's Shannon just Michael being Shannon. killed in his free time. <laughs> yeah. It's like... You, with, sir! With his hair being slicked back. You, That's sir, it. are terrifying. <laughs> like, oh, no. But, uh, yeah, another tangent aside. Another tangent. We, we are, we're multiple. way past foundation right oh, now. Oh, yeah. We, we, are, we, are, we are well on our way building this. Let's project. be entirely clear, folks. We're not building a house. We are building a skyscraper. Yep, and we are pretty much reaching the 20th floor at this point. <laughs> no, we're not. That will come, but it, we're not there yet. We've, we've made a very nice lobby, though. Oh, That's yeah. a great logo. Tangent aside. <laughs> Tangent aside. Finest dining in Narrative Town. Welcome to the Blue Room. <laughs> Welcome to the Blue Room. It's where we put Man of Steel. But yes, <laughs> that was what I was thinking. <laughs> oh, and right next to it is the bathroom, also known as the Yellow Room, and that's Old Brother, Where Art Thou? But oh, that's, that's for another time. It is for that another is time. That is for another time, because we have though. to rewatch that movie. We do. I haven't seen it in so many years. Yes, same here, and it's... It's probably one it of the probably, best movies. I suspect it's going to be a little bit like... It's Coen Brothers for those. Yeah, it is like Coen Brothers. And I suspect it's going to be a little bit like Layer Cake for me, where it's watching an actor and remembering why I like them to begin with. Yeah. Because watching modern George Clooney, he is very charming. But yeah, I mean, that's always that's been That's kind of what he is, though. There yeah. isn't much more... He's always Nowadays, he's just charming George Clooney, and he's not doing anything else. In O Brother Where Art Thou, he is playing a human character. He is actually acting. Yeah. It's really nice to see. And that's... And that's Daniel Craig in this. In a nutshell, yeah. Yeah, that's Daniel Craig in this completely. Yes. Uh, which is, again, incredibly refreshing. Yeah, I mean, I, I go... I love the stylistics. I like seeing all the other stuff going on. But Daniel Craig in this movie, it's just so nice... Who cares? <laughs> It was just pointed out to me that we've been recording for at least an hour and ten minutes, and I don't care. Yeah, this is going to require some editing. <laughs> no, it's not. Anyway. <laughs> no one's going to want to listen to us for more than an hour. <laughs> I've seen, I've, there are shows like this that go at least an hour and a half. We are all right, safe. All right, sure. But we probably should start wrapping it up. Yeah. So, generally, yeah, we recommend it. Definitely. Uh, for me, uh, on a scale of one to ten, where five is average, this is a solid... Eight bordering on a nine for me. For me, it's a straight up nine. I love yeah. this movie. I because I, I think this is this is like yeah, this is by far my favorite Daniel Craig performance. Yep. Only seconded by, from what I've seen at least, only seconded by Casino Royale. I prefer this to Casino Royale, but yeah. I know exactly where you're coming from. Yeah. I mean, the, this for me falls into exactly the same category as John Wick. 
It is a genre film that is doing what it doing what it needs to do so well that it elevates the entire movie. Yeah. This is British gangster cleverness elevated to a point of just pure polish, and I adore it for that. Yeah, and I think the only reason why sort of Casino Royale is ever so slightly above is just that interplay between Mads Mikkelsen and Craig, which is done superbly. And Eva Green. And Eva Green, of I, I, the, I, yeah. I will say that... They actually had chemistry, unlike Leo Sado and Spectre. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> no. Monica hmm. Bellucci. Anyway. Monica Bellucci. Oh, yeah. Monica Bellucci. Dead, dead meat walking. I almost forgot about that. <laughs> I remember watching that movie and going, hey, look, an age-appropriate Bond girl. How yeah. lovely. Oh, she's dead? Moving, Moving on. on. <laughs> oh, this one looks 19? How lovely. <laughs> oh, 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 no. Yeah, that's also a thing. Casino Royale, you actually like had Bond young enough that he could be with the hot yeah. younger woman, but um Ava uh, Chloe Seven what how do you pronounce her name? Sevigny? Yeah, I think Chloe so. Sevigny looks younger in um Spectre than Eva Green does in Casino Royale. Yeah. And uh Daniel Craig looks like he's aged a hundred years. <laughs> he still looks great. But he looks so. Oh no! Wait, you're you're mixing. It's it's Leia Sado. Leia Sado. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, because you, you got me confused there for a second. Because Chloe Sevigny is not in Spectre. She's though. She's not in a Bond movie. Oh yeah, no. No. <laughs> I, I don't know why I thought it was her, but anyway, yeah. No, probably because I never remember Leia Sado exists. But <laughs> nothing yeah. against her. I, <laughs> nothing, nothing against her. A really, great truly, actress. She's a great actress, but she is one of these actresses who's just never in the films. I particularly care about too much yeah she doesn't pop up a lot for me what's she what's she in that i would like i think she was in a mission impossible as well i'm not entirely certain (laughs) i'm not entirely sure i care (laughs) you see my point yeah (laughs) but yeah no i mean layer cake please watch it just do yourself a favor do yourself a favor if you like casino royale if you like Guy Ritchie movies. Yeah, if you like Snatch, Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, yeah, and, yeah. and Rock and Roll, those kind of movies. This, 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 this is a little different. Or or even if those movies felt a little much for you, mm. then this will fit right in. Like, if you're if you're a fan of crime thrillers oh, yeah. and want a little bit of pizzazz in them, yeah. and by God, I didn't think I was ever going to use the word pizzazz, <laughs> but here we go. Oh, uh, here we go. <laughs> yeah. Watch this movie. <laughs> uh, we're gonna call that's the restaurant in uh, Tangent Aside. It's yeah, pizzazz. It's pizzazz. <laughs> adjacent to adjacent. the yellow room. <laughs> that'll be that'll be the other. That'll be the name of uh, the band who plays in pizzazz. It's adjacent. Adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're making bath jokes. Um, no, I this I gotta say as a first episode, I'm not planning on editing this. If you're hearing this straight up and it's about an hour and 15 minutes i haven't had to edit then we've then we've done good i think i yeah. like the tangents i think we've had a good time yeah this is our too. first real run of this show yeah and i think it went great yeah so uh, we look are forward to doing this with you again soon yeah we are looking forward to this uh we are hopefully not going to leave you like uh, sienna miller leaves daniel craig <laughs> wow <laughs> <laughs> uh, those two interplays are so great yeah but yeah no great time thank you for listening and we will be back next week 
yeah, then we'll try to make this a weekly thing. If you yep. want to try to get in touch with us, I guess uh, you could try to email us. Well, we haven't really set all that stuff up yet. Nope. We will be add- it'll be either in the description below or we will be adding a small audio segment at the end here just as an update. I'll take yep. care of that. But and, yeah, uh, worst case scenario, just try to search up sight on screen. Sight on screen. We've had a great time. We hope we've hope you've had a great time. Absolutely. And uh, as the uh, low budget blues brothers that we are, we will be. Uh, <laughs> oh, I got it in there. Yeah. <laughs> if you see blues brothers. Oh man, if you uh, see a so picture, yeah. you'll know what we mean. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> we were also described as Timon and Pumbaa, which is just so lovely. <laughs> of course, I was Timon. Moving on. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a... No, that's... that's Nobody wins in this scenario. (laughs) Being Pumbaa is not worse than being Timon. I am the jolly... Pig? Boar? Boar. Yeah. Boar. Wild boar. I'm wild, definitely. Yeah, and I'm... I lose wild. Oh, you're a a beast. (laughs) Oh, who's in that? Ray Winstone. Oh, God. Moving on. Moving on. Another candy beast. (laughs) Have we reached the 20th floor yet? (laughs) Yo, now we're on on the 20th floor and we're looking out the window deciding if we're going to jump. So, it was nice having... piercing blue eyes. Piercing blue eyes. Brought it all back. (laughs) Brought it back, baby. We've had a great time. We will see you next week. And uh, have a great day. Yeah. Catch on the flip side.